Chris, thank God we got this uh, recording figured out. For for those at home, we just finished watching uh, Bad Day of BlackRock, and almost immediately after we ended that episode, our mics got cut. And Chris, you couldn't hear me, and now you know I can't see you. My camera bad. is not even working. Normally, we record these; we can see each other. Um, camera and it, nothing wanted to work. It, it's kind of funny um, in the irony of it all. If you if you've been with us rewatching the show. I mean, that one was all about a lucky rabbit's foot that uh, had a little bit of a curse to it. But uh, we are here talking about Sin City, Dan. October 25th, 2007 is when this aired, directed by Charles Beeson, uh, an 8.2 on the rating scale. Um, This one is really memorable for me for some reason, and I don't know why. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, you know, I, I do remember um, the antagonist of this one, um, which we'll get into, Chris. But the setup, uh, some of the characters we meet in this one, a little a little fuzzy for me. Uh, I, I'm not actually going to say it's memorable because in, in its entirety, I couldn't actually piece together um, the plot. But um, I really like, like I said, the antagonist of this one. We're going to meet her later, uh, a bartender, a demon posing as a human, uh, and actually a couple of regular people in the town posing as demons so we don't see that a lot chris i think that's an interesting uh, uh plot point in this one um but we're in ohio today chris elizabethville i uh, don't know if that's a real place if anybody lives in elizabethville and is listening let us know um <laughs> we're, we're still on the east coast chris uh which again let's let's add that to the tally because we're not on the east coast a ton um and yeah listen the brothers are here to investigate the death of a man who committed suicide in a church it's a pretty weird thing to do. Um, and they they come across this town, Chris, and the town, for whatever reason, has turned into, um, what do we call it? Like a mini Las Vegas. People are running around gambling, having, you know, unprotected sex. Uh, the town is really a mess. And Sam and Dean walk in and kind of are confused by what's going on. And, you know, they, they sort of suspect, Chris, that there might be something larger going on, like maybe controlling the townspeople. But in actuality, as we get through this episode, we're going to learn that this is just people being people. And there's no real like monster to uncover, Chris, here. It's just a couple of demons that are encouraging people to do all of these things. And I think that's an interesting uh, theme in this one, Chris. I think the demons are trying to make a point that humanity... Not as good as maybe Sam and Dean, uh, you know, would argue that it is. I, I think it goes to show you why Sam and Dean are so important because humanity kind of sucks. I mean, you, yeah. you see how easily they're manipulated. In this particular case, by the way, it is a fictional city from what I'm from what I've found. But um, Sam has described it as a half dead factory town in the Rust Belt. So you do mm-hmm. not expect the setting to be the way that it is. It does kind of look like. I mean, I think of like a a Pennsylvania town that, you know, no longer has people coming to get coal. Like, that's what it feels like he describes. And it's the opposite. And it's a really interesting episode because you do meet a new another hunter. We're getting into that hunter lore to some extent with this, but not again, as we've said, to the level that we'd like. Um, And I do want to just note. When I say memorable, I don't think the episode itself is anything spectacular, but I really did remember the villain in this, that particular demon and the the, the scene of like a crypt like it, that stood out visually. Yeah. So uh, aesthetically, that grabbed my attention, um, but they pose as insurance agents in this one, which 
I believe they go to a few times over time on this mm-hmm. show because it kind of works. Um, insurance agents would come to your to your door, and and that's what they do to speak to a father. It's better when they come pretending to be priests. I I I don't think they are that that great as priests, especially early on. Uh, but essentially, there's been suicide in the church. The town is full of partying, and that's what leads them into Richie, who's a hunter that Dean has worked with before, but. You could tell he's not necessarily the best of the best from pretty early on. Yeah, I really like Richie as a character. And when you meet him, Chris, you you sort of assume, you know, he's going to bite the bullet in this episode, like a lot of Sam and Dean's friends do. Um, so it goes to show you that there are different levels when it comes to hunting. Richie is probably on that lower tier. Sam, Dean, Gordon, probably higher tier. And then somewhere in the middle, you would put, you know, the Ellens and the Joes of the world, right? So... I like that we get Richie. I'm always talking about, I wish we had gotten more hunter lore. I wish we would have gotten hunters with uh, different stories and motivations. And and Richie's motivation um, isn't exactly clear, but we do know that he uh, shares um, similar sensibilities to Dean. Uh, He likes to party. He likes women. Um, He's kind of a loose cannon. As we learn later in the episode, Chris, um, but it's cool to see him and he actually gets the boys going. He gives them a lead and says that, uh, you know, there's a bar owned by this guy named Trotter. You guys should go check that bar out because, you know, maybe you can talk to some people and get some intel. Yeah, and he, they go to this bar. They they meet uh, Casey uh, and, and Casey is a very interesting character. She's the the one that I remember you know and and she's the one who stood out and it's interesting because this is it it feels like almost a later season because it's a demon they deal with a a random demon it's not necessarily a bad thing but it feels like one of those later episodes for that reason and richie though ends up being taken by this person and not taken in the sense of kidnap but smitten so to speak and Mm gets uh ends up back at the at her basement um which is not a basement i i love the description of a basement because i i've read that a few places online it's a crypt it's it's basically an old crypt looking like place it's creepy as hell and any sensible person and you want to talk about lower tier on the hunting scale any sensible hunter would have been like oh what's up (laughs) but no richie's richie's not quite picking up all the pieces to this puzzle yeah, he wasn't really, you know, thinking it out, was he? He, I mean, Casey's a, a you know, a, a beautiful bartender, and Richie just kind of fell into her trap. Uh, and yeah, the, she takes him back to this castle-looking place. Chris, you're right. I, I kind of pictured, uh, um, you know, uh, an old school like vampire castle or something. So when you get down to that basement, you're right. It is very creepy. Um, and so yeah, Richie's a goner, right? Um, we have to talk about sort of what's happening with Bobby, which is that they're trying to fix up the cult, Chris, and that's going to be very important for the boys moving forward. Um, so Bobby is working on the cult. Uh, he's going to get a visit uh, from Ruby, actually, who offers him, you know, uh, help with fixing the cult to make it capable of killing demons again. Um, meanwhile, though, Sam is looking down the uh, the path of Trotter, the man that Richie. Um, sort of gave them a tip about earlier, but he gets a dead end. He he tries to, uh, you know, uh, he do, he doesn't uh, elegantly do this, but he he sort of just uh, super soaks Trotter uh, with some 
some water and it turns out that he is not a demon and so that lead is no longer there um dean on the other hand though he is getting closer to figuring out what exactly is wrong um with the bar and it turns out that it's casey the bartender um and so dean chris is really the one that um goes after her but he gets trapped too and and this lends uh to a very interesting conversation between them chris because so far with the boys we haven't really seen them interact with demons it's kind of just pull the trigger ask questions later right but Casey starts to talk to Dean and she starts to compliment him a little bit, uh, you know, filling him in on some things about demons and that they're not so bad. And, you know, they're, they're sort of like people. Um, I, I really like that dynamic, Chris, that conversation. And I think that's why I remember this episode, because I remember the cave in. I remember being stuck there. I remember this conversation. This is the focal point of the episode. Not Richie. Throw Richie away, quite frank. I, I fine character. He wasn't going to stick around. I can't. I quite frankly, don't give a crap about Richie. I really don't like, sorry, Richie, um, rest in peace, you know, but, uh, but this conversation in here, um, the story that's also going on with the cult and the fixing of the cult in this episode, um, Ruby's actually going to Bobby and saying she can help. So now Ruby is working into the inner circle of the boys to say, Mm -hmm. Hey, look what I can do. And you're starting to think maybe Ruby really is there to help at this point like not just trying to trap the boys she's got something that she wants to get done and she knows she needs the boys um i almost also got a sense early on watching this just trying to remember if i felt like she was almost trying to get sam back almost to the other side to and team up with him and recruit and take down someone down in hell Mm. but regardless of this i go back to that conversation and learning from the demons and seeing that they're not just a one and done thing, which in the later seasons, we get a lot. These real conversations with demons about how things are functioning and details about yellow eyes come out. Um, the fact that demons believe in a higher power, AKA Lucifer. We haven't mm. met Lucifer, but a lot of them haven't met Lucifer. He's in the cage as we know, but you know, it's, it's really interesting that, they're believing in they're not saying he exists they're saying we believe in him and so you're starting to get a better idea of that underworld which becomes so critical in later seasons the fact that you talk about this now it's really critical later when you introduce king of hell and someone actually running hell and demons kind of become outside of exceptional choices fairly useless at times unfortunately unless you're the big bats that are the you know the big named former angels so it's really interesting and i think that's why this stands out it really you know makes an impact and and again i think the 8.2 on this one which is the imdb rating that we mentioned earlier justified because most of the plot is fine it is what it is but that scene makes the episode and makes for one of the most enjoyable moments or or five to seven minutes of the season, but the episode as a whole doesn't stand up on uh, on its own legs otherwise. Yeah, it, this episode builds on the lore of the series as a whole, not even just this season. And I like, Chris, that they, they reveal more about Yellow Eyes, about Lucifer in that way, with Dean talking to a demon, um, because the demon can be straight up with Dean. You know, when you take that approach and she she says a lot, Chris, you hit on a lot of them. Um, this is the first time that Yellow Eyes is revealed to have a name, which is Azazel, right? Um, uh, and apparently since the boys 
or not the boys, depending on what opinion you are. But apparently when the demons uh, escape Devil's Gate, those that did escape, um, apparently they're just in complete chaos because they were all under the assumption that Sam would be the boy king to lead the demon army. Now that Yellow Eyes is dead and Sam's not playing ball, things are kind of crazy for demons right now. And so they're running amok and uh, in, in case he starts to then get into Lucifer. And as you just said, Chris, um, they don't even know if Lucifer's real. But what they do know are stories about Lucifer. And I thought what she said was really interesting, Chris. She says that um, the demons think of Lucifer as God, as their God. Um, and she goes on to talk about how Lucifer was one of the most beautiful of all of God's angels. Um, and that, in fact, he started as an angel. But when God demanded that all angels bow before humanity, Lucifer said, no way. And so God, God cast him to hell. Now, can, I, this, can I make a reference to this too? Because yeah, knowing who God is, I think about that scene differently now. And mm. you can see them being like, screw you, Chuck. <laughs> you know, that scene actually is, I, I don't know. Some people may or may not like the rendition that is Chuck, God, et cetera, later on. But when you picture that scene now, it kind of makes sense. Lucifer, you're like, screw you. I don't want to bow down to you. You don't have a, you just want to play with, play with your stories, whatever. Like it, it kind of makes sense in that context of it now. And I've never really thought about it until you just said that, but like that scene sounds really cool to see. I almost yeah. wish we saw it. Yeah. And, and Chris, when, you know, when Sam and Dean meet, you know, angels that are still angels, right. Um, the angels are dicks to humanity too. Right. So it's, it's almost like, yeah, Chuck demanded all of the angels to bow before man. But even though Lucifer was the only one that was kind of verbal about it, the rest of the angels don't really like humanity either. So it's, it's a cool little story to build the lore um, in this world. I do want to point out, though, that the story that, you know, God demanded Lucifer to bow before man and was cast into hell. That's not actually biblical. That is based on a, uh, a story called Paradise Lost by John Milton. Um, some other things from, from that book include the apple as the fruit that is so associated with Adam and Eve, um, in the Bible, it's actually just listed as fruit. They don't specify yep. that it's an apple. So I think it's cool that supernatural took a real piece of, um, uh, what, what do we want to call that? Like fiction, but, you know, built upon the, uh, the story of Lucifer gave him the name Lucifer, um, because it sets up like an interesting dynamic moving forward when Sam and Dean ultimately are supposed to play certain roles in the apocalypse. Right. So I like that they took this, uh, this piece and, and wove it into the story, Chris. Um, but yeah, Lucifer, the first time we actually get a reference to him, Dean even says, Lucifer, is he real? And Casey says, you know, we believe that he's real. And that's like a huge world building uh, event, Chris, because right now yeah. we know there's demons, but the devil himself, that's, it's pretty huge. And speaking of the apple, by the way, um, it's Genesis 2, 16, 17. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, thou shalt mayest freest eat. But of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, thou shalt not eat for it. For it is that for in the day that thou eatest thereof, you shall surely die. And it's the forbidden fruit, essentially, is what they say. So it, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting as you think about how they pull these stories. I think how they show things. But yes, they take their, you know, they take some leniency to everything. But they do consider these things um, and, and there's, there's reasons why, you know, it's an apple or other things, but it, it's fascinating to think about how these demons live again, 
I could say, like, what are the spinoffs we'd like to see? Might be a fun conversation one day. If we were to see three spinoffs and we're having the 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 supernatural cinematic universe, what are the spinoffs? Yeah. The demon world folk and something focused on it. Again, fascinating topic, right? So um, I'm not suggesting any of these would last on more than a season on TV, but the topics would remain interesting ones to me. Absolutely. And and Chris, just to wrap the plot of this one up, uh, you know, Dean is stuck in there with, with Casey. Sam comes along. Sam has befriended uh, Father Gill, who ends up being a demon too. Uh, Sam didn't really catch that. I feel like he got you know, kind of a whiff of it as, as father is talking to him on the drive over, he sort of hints at, Hey, you sure you want to be doing this the rest of your life? You got a lot of potential to lead the pack. Like he's very uh, suspicious. Sam doesn't pick up on it, unfortunately, until they get to the basement or, or the castle, as we've put it, Chris. And that's, that's when it's revealed that the father and Casey are actually a couple and they've been possessing these people uh, in the town. But Aside from these two bodies, they've been lovers for hundreds of years, is what I think they say. And that's quite interesting, too, Chris, because demons, we haven't really heard of them having relationships with other demons. Um, so far, they've just been troublemakers. But to hear that demons can coexist and actually have relationships with other demons, that's new. So that's a, a cool little bit of, of demon lore that we get in this episode. There's just so many little... What's interesting as we describe this, the fact that... That we're talking about Father Gill, Father that moment of the where they kiss, and it's almost like, all right, yeah. Again, I kind of saw a coming moment in this mm. episode, but uh Father Gill attacks and, and Sam's able to kill them both with the cult. And then Ruby kind of comes in and says, congratulates Sam again at the end. So you've got Ruby working her way in and out here. But the best part remains, I think, the lore piece, the conversation. That's the most interesting piece to this episode. So I think the takeaway for me is it's definitely an episode worth watching, but the best parts aren't in any way the plot, the main plot itself. It's the underlayers of the plot. So that's cool. It's cool. Something to be excited about. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's an episode, by the way, named after the ACDC song Sin City. So we got another great name uh, in this one. Um, yeah, and another piece of, of interesting uh, trivia, Chris, or, or lore that is very quickly skipped over. Uh, Dean uh, is is meeting Richie again. They, they're at the hotel and they're reminiscing about how they met and they mention a succubus. So I looked this up, Chris. A succubus is a demon or a type of demon um, in folklore. Usually it's in a female form. And apparently what it does is it appears to men in their dreams to try to seduce them. And, and through that is able to... Uh, cause really poor physical health and then eventually kill them. Um, so to my knowledge, we'll have to dig this up, Chris. I don't know if they actually ever hunt a succubus on screen. I think they just stick to overall demons moving forward, but it's cool when they sort of name drop, you know, these uh, third tier monsters, if you will. Uh, and I would like to see a flashback of, of Dean and Richie hunting together. Can you imagine what that would look like? Uh, I'm sure the after party would have been, would have been insane. There is a reference in the prequel comics, so which Supernatural Origins, they show an 11-year-old Dean and a 7-year-old Sam, and they deal with a succubus in that. Um, it's Supernatural Rising Sun. It's a prequel comic spinoff to the TV show it's set in the 90s. But the, other than that, you don't get a succubus. So completely different um, monster that we never otherwise see. Yeah, so, pretty cool. It, like I said, I like when they name drop stuff like that. You know, It's interesting, though. I just want to point out two things. You've got an in-depth conversation with Dean and a demon. 
You've got Sam continuing ongoing conversations with Ruby, who's a demon. Mm. So you've got these, and then you've got this season has the show is criticized for this and rightfully so because it has some done some bad a bad job of many female characters. But in this particular season, you've had really early on three phenomenal, well, four. In, in, in some don't like Lisa, I know, but like really, you've introduced four really interesting women into the show with Lisa, Ruby, the character that's running here. I, I, you're, you've got a lot of interesting characters that you can enjoy the story. Now, this character is now allowed around long, but I think she's a great character. If she had been more of an episode, and again, you think about who are these people who could have been an ally later on or could have given us more info. I don't think this person could be an ally, but still, uh, we get valuable info from her. So, uh, interesting, but I just wanted to point that out because I think overall the show didn't do a great job uh, with female characters often making them someone who needs saving. But in this particular season, they've done a decent job in the onset. In the onset, even Lisa can kind of stand up for herself at a certain point. I would say she's she's tough, though she's a she needs some saving in that first episode. Yeah, and and just to expand on that, Chris, aside from maybe Lucifer and Crowley, I think the best demons on this show have been females. Uh, Lilith, true. Ruby, um, you know Casey. In this case, uh, they bring a certain like um, seductive quality. I'll call it that, Chris. Especially that crossroad demon, right? You know, you have to. You have to kiss a crossroad demon to make the deal happen. Like there's there's a lot of uh, sexuality, I think, associated with demons. And I think it actually works really well on screen. So I agree with you. It's nice to see more female characters and even Bella. Right. She's not she's not a demon, yeah. but she's conniving and she's seductive. And she was and she really was the charming. fourth that I didn't name <laughs> for those uh, yes. wondering that when I said four, Bella was the fourth. Um Bella, they are they all are just extremely intelligent. I think that's the piece yeah. that hit for me. Um, it, this overall, like I said, enjoyable episode. If it's on TV, happy to watch it. I'm not rushing back to rewatch this one specifically, but uh, I I think some really great dialogue in this one. And I'm again, I it's fun to revisit it in a different different way because I again I'm thinking of some of these scenes. Uh, and what they could mean and, and how these conversations have gone further. If you had like a, an extra five minutes of, of Dean and Casey, what else would Dean have learned? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a good world building episode, Chris, I'll say, because they establish a lot of really important things moving forward that um, are going to play quite a big part in Sam and Dean's adventure. Uh, looking forward to next week, Chris, we have uh, bedtime stories. This is another one that a lot of people uh, remember and enjoy. i just based on you know the the threads and Reddit, a lot of people found this show through this episode because the plot is really interesting. Um, you might recall, Chris, that in this episode, a young girl is trapped in a coma and she is playing out certain fairy tales in real life that get the boys' attention and actually throw them for quite a loop. So next week is going to be a great, uh, great rewatch. Really looking forward to that one. Um, what do you remember about that one, Chris? I I just remember it being a lot of fun to to watch some of these fairy tales come to life. Um, it reminded me of like a, a Disney movie gone wrong. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, it, it it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. And you know, speaking of stories, uh, obviously we have a lot of fun on the show. We like to 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 kind of uncover more behind the stories that we have watched. Um, get into into that lore. We hope you're enjoying 
listening and watching along with us. So please go ahead, follow us on Twitter at BOTH, Back on the Hunt, SPN Podcast. So that's BOTH, SPN Podcast. We're on Reddit, Back on the Hunt Pod. We'll uh, be asking good questions over there. And of course, like and subscribe to the podcast uh, so we can keep hitting your inbox on a daily basis. Again, Tuesdays um, is probably the last time I'll say it. Um, by now, you probably know, but we're on every Tuesday now instead of every Friday. So um, be on the lookout uh, for us on every Tuesday. But I- I'm excited. I, this season, like I said, we're already a quarter of the way through. So uh, it's that's that's the reality. It's a short season, quarter of the way through, and uh, we've got a lot more to uncover. I hope you will join us. Um, but for now, that will be it for this week. But we will be back because, after all, we've got work to do. Thank <laughs> you.